You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. In today's show, the Texans may get some much-needed help at cornerback. What are we talking about? You're going to find out. We'll also dive into who really should be on the Pro Bowl team among the Texans. And Tyron Matthew is out inspiring a local team and helping Houstonians with his Christmas spirit. We're going to tell you about that. Welcome aboard, everybody. Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk podcast, along with my co-host Brian Patterson from FansidedHouseOfHouston.com. You can find us over there, but right now you find us right here. And thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. Also joining for this show is our LockedOnTexans.com correspondent, Joe Esquivel Murphy. And uh, Brian, boy, here's some news for you. State of the Texans, Pat Starr says the Texans could get Kayvon Webster back this week. Not sure I thought I'd hear his name again this year. Terrific news. I mean, the one snap he had was he stuffed the run uh, when he got out there in, in his debut. And then shortly after that, he was, you know, out to the locker room. So great. You know what? And I'm really tired of seeing Sharice Wright getting ran ragged, you know, with his slowness and whatnot. So Kayvon Webster, no matter how much rust he has, obviously would be better than Sharice Wright right now. So I'm hoping that they can get him in. And uh, definitely we see some impact early. Yeah, it seems very plausible considering they, they still haven't uh, sent anything out on who's going to replace Sammy Coates on the roster. We talked about the Coates, uh, you know, release yesterday. So there's that. Also, uh, yesterday I, I told everybody about, you know, the, the Texans Pro Bowlers, and it's a couple days old now, but we, we really haven't had a chance to get into this with the crossover and uh, talking fantasy with Andy as we do on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. But uh Brian, you got J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, Jadavian Clowney, and Bernardrick McKinney. They make the Pro Bowl. And then Deshaun, Lamar Miller, Kareem Jackson, and Ty Matthew were named alternates. We knew Watt and Hopkins. Those guys are automatic. I mean, come on. But what did you think of Clowney and McKinney? And, and feel free to jump into this as well, into the conversation, Joe. The situation here with uh, Bernard McKinney, I, I think he is really lucky that he, he was able to make it in because, you know, there's a, there's a guy up in Indianapolis by the name of Darius Leonard. And I think the problem is people don't know what his name is because he's in Indianapolis. He has made such an impact. And uh, frankly, he is my defensive rookie of the year. I talked about it uh, last week. Uh, in terms of who is the strongest candidate, he's up there with Leighton Vander Esch, was a, which was another uh, Pro Bowl, uh, by the way. Uh, but Bernardrick, uh, his numbers are very close to Darius's. Um, when you look at his uh, overall grade with Pro Football Focus, he's at a 78.7. Darius is has an 80.5. Um, Darius's tackling is a little bit better at 81.2 versus 75.7 by Bernard McKinney. Uh, but he doesn't definitely win the battle on the tackles. I mean, Darius has just as many tackles. He is neck and neck with Vander Esch at 108, and Bernard rarely has uh, 72. So, I and what the reason why I think this is a situation where we're seeing these snubs is that. They've got to change the voting. They, they, that's that's just the the whole situation there. Um, you you can vote unlimited times. I think they need to limit how many times fans can vote. Now you can do the online voting, and then you can do the social media voting with the hashtag uh, for the Pro Bowl. But it's like stuffing the ballot box. And if 
the Texas, which I think has a strong fan base, if they're stuffing the box uh, full of votes, then that's how this happens. And each, what the coaches, the fans, and, and, and other facets of it are count as one-third of you know the conglomerate to put together in terms of who goes and who does with the 88 that are selected. Um, I, I just think that there should be a way to curtail how many times a fan can vote. I think just one is fine. And it, I, I know you want to, you know, encourage that participation, but if you're using that hashtag, maybe there's a limit from an account. The system should recognize, okay, they've already submitted their selection with this hashtag. Let's not count this. I know it's going to take some research and some programming to get that done, but this is how things like this happen. The right guys don't get in. Yeah, I think, uh, Leonard is probably the best defensive linebacker, I think, in this class. I think, you know, Derwin James is another potential candidate out at safety. But Justin Reed was another talented player, didn't get a lot of the votes. But I think Clowney deserved to get in. I think his stats are more than the box score. He does have help with J.J. Watt. But another surprising, another rookie I think that got snubbed um, to me was Bradley Chubb in Denver. And I think he got overlooked because he plays with such a good player in Von Miller. But I think Bradley Chubb this year has been one of the best young pass rushers in the league. And I think he got snubbed because he's in a little better conference. There are a lot of great pass rushers in the AFC, and I think they just didn't want to bring another one on. But I definitely think a lot of these young rookies um, who are defensive players are getting snubbed because a lot of the offensive talented rookies got in, you know, more on the NFC side. But you know, Quentin Nelson was an offensive lineman, and he made it as a rookie. So I think these defensive rookies are being slighted because of because of that, because they're rookies, and this is their first year in the league, even though they've been some of the league's better players. Yeah, it's about fan recognition. If you're talking about fan voting, and I guess they're, they're just not names yet. I mean, tell me this, Joe. I mean, you, you watch Bernard McKinney. Does, do you look at him and go, oh, yeah, Pro Bowler, like one of the best players in the NFL when you watch him play on a weekly basis? I think he's getting a little – he's getting credit because of how good the Texans' defense is. But seeing Leonard play against the, the Texans, he had a monster game. He's a game wrecker. And I don't think McKinney is like that. I think McKinney benefits from playing with players like Watt and Clowney. You know, but would I say he's one of the best linebackers or inside linebackers in the AFC – no, over Leonard, frankly, no. I think Leonard is a better player. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to believe McKinney made it over Leonard. But again, you, you know, Brian addressed it. it. It's the fan voting. I, I want to get into the whole voting process in a bit. And then we got to talk about one guy on the Texans that's really mad that he, he didn't get on the Pro Bowl team. Uh, we're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, uh, talk about our partners over at DraftKings. It's week 16 of the football season. That means time's running out to get in the action. Every single game will matter with huge playoff implications at stake, and it could go a long way for you to win huge cash prizes. We're going to tell you about how you could join us in a league in just a bit, but single-game fantasy football, it's the newest way to play um, with DraftKings, of course, and the leader in, they're the leader in one-day fantasy football. If you've been thinking about trying DraftKings, now's the time. DraftKings has taken fantasy football from just one week to just one game, making it easier to draft your lineup. All you have to do is draft six players from a single football game, one captain and five other players. Your captain 
will earn one and a half times the points of the other players. You can go for value or for star power to anchor your lineup. It's that simple. Six players from one game. That's it. Just stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Go to DraftKings.com or download the app. Use code LOCKEDON to enter a single game contest for free this week with your first deposit and compete for your share of over $1 million in total prizes. That's code locked on only at DraftKings. The game inside the game. Minimum $5 deposit required. That's it. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And Brian, for all of our friends listening to the podcast, they can do this. They can join us at Locked On Texans Listener League, right? That is correct. Yeah, we we do are doing leagues. Uh, we did one last week, um, and we're gonna we're gonna put some slots together. So stay tuned for you know social media. You know either you know on Facebook or on Locked On Texas Twitter. That's at Locked On Texas or Locked On Texas at Facebook for details on how you can jump in and join in the league. Uh, I'm the commissioner, so we're gonna have some fun. You're ready to win some cash. Lay it down on the line and let's let's go out there and uh, and get a W. So if you think you can beat me, come on, let's do it. And I've already we've already got people wanting to know, hey, when are we going to do a league? Are, are we going to do a league this week? Well, the answer is yes. So I encourage you to tune in uh, in regard to you know the information on how you can sign up for that. Stay tuned on social media. All right, Kareem Jackson, not happy, guys, about getting snuffed for the Pro Bowl. He said the Pro Bowl voting, the process, all of it, it's a joke. It's a complete joke. It's been that way for years. I was disappointed. Obviously, I felt like I had a good enough year to get in. Uh, Former Texan Charles James chimed in, said Kareem Jackson not making the Pro Bowl is BS. I don't give a damn who you have to take out. He should have been in. Brian. Kareem had 82 tackles, a team-high 14 passes defense, five tackles for loss, two INTs, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, and one sack. According to the Texans PR staff, since 2000, no other NFL player has recorded this stat line in an entire season. And I'm assuming they mean the combo of 82 tackles, four passes defense, and five tackles for loss. Uh, When you went through the numbers, what did you find out? You know that Kareem is uh, versatile uh, as, you know, as what he's doing right now. But frankly, he has taken more snaps at corner uh, than he has at safety. Only 135 snaps at safety this season. 678 uh, have been at corner because of the needs, the injuries that we've had. And so uh, 380 snaps has been, you know, out you know, as a wide corner and 298 in the slot. So they've been using him quite a bit in different areas. But honestly, I think it all comes down to uh, the reception percentage because out of all of the guys that did make the Pro Bowl, if you're grading them with the cornerbacks, Xavier Howard of the Dolphins, Jalen Ramsey of the Jaguars, uh, Stephon Gilmore with uh, the New England Patriots and Denzel Ward, he had the lowest uh as far as the reception percentage, Kareem Jackson uh, had he is allowing a lot of catches. So, sixty four point nine percent of the catch or the passes that come his way are caught. Gilmore forty nine point four percent. So it comes down to that yards per reception. Uh, Ward's only given up ten point one yards out of five hundred five yards that he's allowed. Uh, Jackson's right there with eleven and a half yards per reception that comes his way. But he is the second most out of the guys that made it. 
um, as far as the yards that he's allowed at 550, right behind Jalen Ramsey at 595. Jalen Ramsey has given up a lot more yards this season than he did uh, in the last. But when you look at the overall pro football-focused grades um, out of the snaps, taking at least 511 snaps, um, what Kareem Jackson has done, 84.7 overall for his grade. That's good for fifth. Um, good for second with run defense, 90.9. His tackling is 36th. That's uh, 65.8. And he's 11th in coverage uh, with the 79. That, uh, that's among cornerbacks you're talking about, these numbers? That is correct. Uh, amongst all cornerbacks, uh, this is how he's been graded. Yeah, Joe, I mean, you look at what his numbers are. They're, they're remarkable, except for the fact that, you know, it's so hard to – compare what he's doing because nobody else has played some of the season at safety and some of the season at quarter. We do, we just don't see this very often. And I think right. if he had stayed at safety, Joe, I, I, I just, I have to believe he would have had a great shot at making the pro bowl there. I, I think once he was moved over to cornerback that, that killed it. hundred percent. He's had a electric year. And I think part of the reason he maybe didn't get on is I think they maybe wanted some of the voters wanted to put someone on the NFL's top defense. The Ravens had only one person and that was Eric Weddle and his year statistically isn't even close to what Kareem Jackson's year is. The other safeties that got in ahead of him, Adams and James have been a little better respectively across the board, but I think you have to only, only picking three safeties is a little perplexing to me in a, Game where they're probably going to be passing it 30, 40 times. You only have three. You only have seven defensive backs. I would have thought maybe they would have added another corner or safety spot. Maybe that's something else they need. I think maybe one extra spot in the secondary because seven secondary guys for a game to me doesn't seem like a lot. But I don't know. I I think he should have made it, and he does have a case to be upset. You know, for those who don't know, Pro Bowl voting, it's based on the players, coaches, and fans. Each counts for a third of the votes. Uh, what do you guys think about the way they've set it up? Do you like the process? You know, it's different from baseball in the NBA where, you know, the fans vote for the starters but pretty much have almost no say in the alternates. And, and I think that, to me, is where maybe they can change things up and, and, and put them into the process with the starters because the thing that – you know, bugs me is is looking down the road. You look back at a guy's career, and a lot of times we go back. And we're like, "Well, how many Pro Bowls did he make?" And you know that, and an All Pro is only the the top tier. Whereas, you know, like in the NBA, they there's a vote by I think the media, and I, I don't know if the coaches are involved in this, but they vote on you know first, second, and third team. There there's no second or third team All Pro, as far as I know. I think there's a first and second team. There's there's not there's not a third team, but there's a first and second. I'm pretty sure, but I think the fans should be like ten or fifteen percent, and then players and coaches should have a little more. If media's in there, maybe they have a little more than fans because they're around these players more and kind of know what some of these years that they're having. Especially, you know, you have some of these players like some of these rookies that are getting snubbed. You know. Dallas's rookie and Vander are having a monster year, as is Leonard. Kareem Jackson's having a historic year, and they're all missing it because fans are putting in other players who they like more or maybe come from bigger markets in some other cases. So I think you have to give players and coaches a little more say than fans 
based on their proximity to the game. You you still should let the coaches and the players, you know, have more weight with the alternates because, you know, they're uh, in the room every day. They're they're evaluating talent week to week. Um, you, you should leave it that way. But, you know, carry some weight with the fans uh, as well. I honestly just think that in terms of the alternate selections, just leave that the way uh, it is. I mean, because uh, then you, you then you'll really get into a situation where you're going to have you know fans uh, selecting alternates that really shouldn't be there. And uh, like I talked about earlier, you know, let's let's try to prevent for the ballot box from being stuck, and that's a way that we can solve all of this. Yeah, my, pardon my ignorance, but are are fans involved in the alternates with with this process? No, they're not. I, if I'm not mistaken, they're not. Yeah, I mean, that that I, I thought was the case. I mean, maybe I was reading the wrong information because it, it's like I just it's hard for me to care about the, the NFL Pro Bowl because nobody yeah. cares yeah. about the game. And a lot of these guys drop out. So really, like, unlike the other what where you have like all star voting to me, it, it's so different because, you know, it's not like, well, we get to see that guy play in a game. You know, it's just like, well, that's he made the Pro Bowl and we had something to do with him, quote unquote, making the Pro Bowl. I think part of it is also the game is literally the game right next to the Super Bowl. And so it's kind of like people are like, oh, like there's something in between to hold us over. You know, and all the players that are on the Super Bowl winning team, they don't go. They have to fill them in with alternates or other guys if the injured players are taken out. So I think it's kind of like also seen as like an afterthought because a lot of the teams that make the Super Bowl have a lot of the Pro Bowlers, and then they have to stick out. I mean, I think Tom Brady hasn't played in a Pro Bowl in over a decade. You know, people are going to want to see him play. So I think that's part of – that's another issue that these teams are having. Yeah, great point there too. I mean – Brian, anything else on the Pro Bowl stuff? I mean, did, did, were there any other numbers or anything that uh, you want to throw out there? I would just like to say that with uh, Kareem Jackson, uh, I just think that his, where he was selected in, you know, as an alternate, that's right about where uh, he should be. You know, I would love to see Kareem Jackson in there. But when you look at, you know, other cornerbacks, since he has taken more snaps at cornerback, that's honestly where where you would have to put him, but he has just not hadn't taken any uh, a lot of snaps at safety. So this is the situation uh, that he's in. So maybe there needs to be some rules changing on guys who are versatile um, on this uh, because it, it's just you know unfortunate this happened, but um, it's it's just the way it is. But honestly, you know, depending on you know where these guys end up, Kareem Jackson may actually have a chance to play if so he wants. Brian- would you? They know in the All Pro they adapted a nickelback position, so it's kind of like that fifth, you know, secondary guy that they have. Would you propose that the Pro Bowl add that in for other guys who are kind of those hybrid safety corners? I think whatever needs to be done to incorporate guys that are versatile, you know, like Kareem, I, I think I'm, I'm all for it because it's okay to, to tweak things like this because, again, you want the fans involved, you know, in the voting process, but you want to make sure you see the guys who have worked the hardest out there on the field to be honored for their contributions. And if, if this, you know, but what you're proposing is to be tweaked, Hey, uh, I'm all for it. Um, and you would probably see Kareem Jackson um, on, you know, one of the teams going out there for the Pro Bowl. Well, Bill O'Brien endorses anybody saying anything about versatility should be honored. So that's uh, <laughs> the, the magic word. You said versatility there, Brian. I love it. Uh, yes. In just a second, uh, we're going to talk about the other 
safety that's an alternate for the Texans, you'll hear the incredibly inspirational speech that Ty Matthew made this week. But first, just a reminder that if you love our show, spread the word. Support us by sharing our show links on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Maybe write us a nice review on iTunes. We would love that. You can email us to LockedOnTexans at Mail.com for questions or comments. Love to hear from you guys. We want you to be a part of the conversation. Well, Ty Matthew has had a pretty extraordinary last couple days. He surprised 10 Houston families with dinner and gifts, $1,000 for each family. He took the time to even meet the members of each family, sign autographs, take pictures. And if you didn't know, back at Thanksgiving, he donated 200 meals to Houston families. Like, so quickly, he's ingratiated himself to the Houston community. But, Brian, that's not all. I don't know. Have you heard this story about the player from Fort Ben Marshall, the football player who was shot and killed by his uncle this past week? I did hear about that story, and um, I, as far as the details, um, I'm you know I'm trying to to get them all ironed out. So feel free to enlighten me. Okay, yeah. Here's here's the story for those who don't know. There was, apparently there was an argument uh, at at the house. The uncle grabbed a rifle and shot his nephew in the upper leg. Uh, he ends up dying later. Uh, just a super sad situation. And Marshall. The, you know, they were about to play their state semifinal game. They won the state semi with 33 seconds left a couple of days later. They were down 43 to 40. Uh, this is unbelievable. They completed a 47-yard touchdown pass on fourth and three to win the game. This weekend, they play for the state title in Dallas. And if you missed it, Tyron Matthew addressed the team at practice. This is courtesy of the Houston Texas we- Texans website. Check this out. This is what he had to say. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here, man. Obviously, um, you know, I've heard about your, your teammate, and uh, I send my condolences to you guys. I lost two of my best friends, so, you know, I know what it feels like to, to really lose somebody that you kind of grew up with, you know what I mean? So, but just seize this opportunity, you know, like you never in life really get a lot of opportunities to, to really play for a championship. You know, I probably only had one chance to play for a championship. I've been playing ball since I was five, you know, and football is really my life, and you know, it kind of taught me a lot about life. When I take the field in the football game, I always start with the end in mind, right? Like, I take every practice, I take every game, and I think about winning, right? Like, I think about just making the plays and being positive. And it's kind of the same thing with your everyday life. You know, like, every day you wake up, you think about the good things that's going to happen for you. And think about all the positive impacts you can make in your everyday life. Everything ain't always been what I wanted it to be. I've grown up in situations that was dysfunctional. You know what I'm saying? Like my father, he's in prison for the rest of his life for murder. I never really had a father figure. All the stuff that I've been through, I don't care if it was this year, last year, really, it could have been when you was four, five years old. You got to bottle all that up and channel all that stuff and figure out what you want to do with it in a positive way. Everything you've been through, the good and the bad, like we got to channel all that to get to where we want to go and really find a way to encourage the person next to you. We really don't get to where we won't go without somebody helping us. I'd never be a great player without my teammates. I can't do it by myself. Everybody in this huddle, each of y'all, stick y'all hand in the pile and figure out a way, how can I help my team? How can I make something bigger than me? Because the more you live in your life, you realize, like, life ain't about you. As much as you wake up every day and you want your life to be about you, it's about all the people around you and how you can relate to people. 
And if your experiences could help the next person, y'all got everything y'all need to get y'all through this and for y'all boys to be champions. And, that, and that's really all it's about in life. You know, you just want an opportunity to be a champion at something. It could be anything. I just want to be a champion. So I salute y'all boys. I'm, I'm rooting for y'all for sure, man. Appreciate you, Coach. Yeah. Well, Brian, how's that for a Christmas message? Incredible stuff from Tyron Matthew right there. That's just un- unbelievable. And you obviously know it's him, you know, with with this uh, down home New Orleans, uh, you know, you know, Southern Louisiana accent. You you can obviously tell it's him, but just words, just moving every every bit that he said. That man has a story, and he's he's telling it each and every day. He is thankful, you know, that you know he is above ground, you know, every day. Um, just with what he came through uh, in his life uh, himself. I, I, I see that whenever he hangs it up, he needs to be a coach. He needs to be a motivational speaker because he is a leader of men. And it is truly a pleasure to have this man uh, on our team. I was so excited, you know, whenever we uh, whenever the Houston Texans decided to uh, to sign him. But um, I, I you know, the music really helped while I was listening. But I think if it was, you know, no production, if he was just talking you know, in a room full of people without any cues or whatnot, I, I think that, you know, many would be compelled by what he has to say. The the man exudes excellence. He exudes a leader. He exudes a leadership. Um, I, I just feel that, uh, yeah, that he's the type of person. I'm just very, very proud to hear stuff like this. Very motivated. Yeah, that was incredible. Uh, Joe, good stuff. Uh, last words on that. And also uh, tell us what you're working on. For the site, what, what's your latest uh, piece is as well? Yeah, I watched a piece on uh, Tyron Matthew and his struggle coming from Louisiana and when how he knows and his relationship with uh, Patrick Peterson. So for some, he knows a lot about personal struggle and getting through it, even though when you don't think um, you're going to. So he is a, that's a really good story that he has, and I like that he's giving back. And uh, the latest piece I did was on um, DeAndre Hopkins and how I believe – this year, he is the best receiver in the NFL. Hasn't dropped the pass in over a year. Week 15 last year was the last time he dropped the pass in. Watching the game against the Jets, he was their entire offense. I mean, when he wanted the ball, he was going to get it. I mean, he put the Texans on his back. You know, Watson was under pressure. Lamar Miller got hurt. And he was just basically there to carry them in. And you know what? He, Deshaun Watson carried him off the field, literally, and you know, I think that's what he is. I think if you want any player in the NFL to go get you a touchdown, I don't know if there's anybody else other than DeAndre Hopkins that I would trust right now. It's interesting you said that, uh, Joe. Would you make your case for DeAndre Hopkins as the MVP of the league? We know that that award is highly quarterback driven, but could you make your case for him being the MVP? Honestly, I think if you were going to say who's the most valuable player, I think he has to be up there with Mahomes, he's the most valuable non-quarterback. I think, yes, you could say, without him, I don't know how many wins the Texans have this year. I think they may have five wins without him. Oh, true, true. Yeah, without Drew Brees or Patrick Mahomes or these quarterbacks. So it, it, it's it's so hard. The court, It's such a quarterback-driven league. I mean, that's the bottom line. But, yeah, if there's a, a guy in the conversation at wide receiver, there's no doubt it's DeAndre Hopkins. There's no doubt about that. And Texans fans aren't going to argue with you on that. That's for sure. <laughs> no question. Uh, hey, uh, thanks, guys, for doing this. And, uh, Brian, you and I, we're getting back together again here in a couple of days, and this is a big one. Do you, do you think the Texans got a shot? 
I think we have a excellent shot. And, you know, Nick Foles, you know, he's had some time to rest. You know, the pressure is off. You know, the they do have a chance to go out there and make something of this season. They have something to play for. But we've got a lot more weapons uh, in terms of the Houston, Texas. So I, I certainly hope that we do get a W. It's not going to be easy, but I think we can squeak this one out. Hopefully they can do it. This would be so huge. Hopefully get the, the fan base a little bit riled up, realizing they're a, a win against the Jags at home away from getting a first round playoff by would be, you know, this would be something special. Uh, maybe the fans would get finally get into this team a little bit more and you'd see a little bit of that spirit. I, I know you guys are, you know, listeners, you, you're listening to us every day, but you know, just want to see the rest of the fan base sort of rise up the rest of Houston rise up a little bit. Uh, don't forget LockedOnTexans.com. Uh, you can listen, read all of Joe's stuff, hear our stuff, uh, all of our correspondence over there. Uh, Brian's got you covered in everything in Houston Sports on House of Houston. Uh, me and my co-host RG uh, over on Houston Sports Talk, the podcast. Go go listen to that. We talk about everything as well over there, as well as uh, just got, had a good conversation with the voice of the top twenty-five ranked Houston Cougars. I know. An alum that's uh, listening on the other side of this uh, with me, Brian, is pretty happy about that. So the Cougs are looking uh, pretty strong these days. But, uh, hey, that's all we got for this one. Unless something crazy happens, we'll talk to you again for the post-game show. And as always, thanks for making us a part of your week. Have a great weekend, everybody. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank <laughs> you.